Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we focus on Wisconsin as we continue our tour of crucial swing states for the 2020 presidential election. We are thrilled today to be joined by Wisconsin political expert Matt Batesel. Matt's going to be helping us analyze brand new poll results from the Badger State. Matt, welcome to the First Right Podcast. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. So I just thought we'd kick it off with, uh, you know, give us a background on you, how you got to in politics, what do you do, what you're doing lately, that kind of thing. Just give everybody a, a good sense for uh, for what you do. Sure. Yeah, I've been with American Majority for the past 10 years here in Wisconsin. I actually grew up in Pennsylvania, spent some time in Washington, D.C., and got my first uh, start in politics in 2000 election cycle, helping a local state rep and working on the presidential race, volunteering, really. And all along the way, I've tried to help conservatives that I've encountered to be able to win their elections. And so I've uh, spent uh, time, went to law school, did all different sorts of things, but really have been focused in on grassroots organizing for the past decade here in Wisconsin. So came on board with the American Majority, who we have a 501c3 nonpartisan conservative training organization, really developing the bench, the farm team of the next generation of conservative leaders. And then we have a 501c4 that does uh, direct voter contact, get out the vote, uh, specializing really in door knocking. Now we're doing peer-to-peer -peer texting and also phone calling. And so seen a lot here in the last decade with all these close races that we've oh, had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get yeah. to that. So that, and I would, I would just say too, I always admire guys like you. That there's not a lot of you that are really focused on, you know, the ground game, knocking on doors, and and it's a, it's a lot of effort, and you got to be good at. It. And you guys certainly do a great job. So so I commend you for that. And plus, I didn't realize that you grew up in Pennsylvania, so that may come in handy here in a minute. We're going to talk about because we're doing, you know, we're doing polling in uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. So we'll talk about that a little bit too. So okay, well, good. Well, thanks for that. So. So we haven't released our June poll yet for Wisconsin, uh, but I tell you, um, and that's what we're going to dive into here, and you've seen it, uh, not good uh, for, for the president. I think we were, he was at uh, minus nine in our previous poll. Now he's minus 16 and a half. So uh, you've had a chance to look at all that. So, so just give us your you know, high level reaction on it and, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, I think the numbers really show that the past three or four months of events that have happened have really hurt the president in polling numbers, especially in head-to-head matchups. And yeah. so there, there's a lot that's out of his control. Certainly there's some that's within his control that's probably getting shown there. But I, I think it shows that he has a lot of work to do in Wisconsin. And really, it's the, the pandemic with COVID, the civil unrest that we've had, all these things have really put things on pause in a lot, lot of ways that have hurt certainly him from being able to show his leadership, especially I think on economic issues that uh, we should probably talk about a little bit, but the, mm -hmm. the, it's really uh, prevented him from doing what he is good at and right. has right. Uh, getting out and doing the rallies, getting out and, and interacting and um, getting his base fired up. And so really the last several months have, have really hampered him. And I think that shows, you know, what Joe Biden wants to do and his campaign staff wants to do is basically camp out in the basement and mm -hmm. hide him from the voters. So Wisconsin, we had a, a primary election April 7th. Bernie Sanders stayed in the primary election even longer, but they were able to secure the uh, essentially enough delegates through all the process that's happened and, and consolidate support 
whereas Joe Biden really hasn't faced the voters and faced the attack ads that are going to be coming. Yeah, how about it? So it's that perfect storm. We were talking about this last week, too, and I just felt really good in the beginning of 2020. You know, the economy was strong and we were heading in a good direction. And then all of a sudden it turned into this crazy year that we're having. And so one of the things we talked about uh, with our guy like you in Pennsylvania last week was this concept of, you know, as we get past the chaos, uh, get past the rioting, which we shouldn't be having any of, and statues toppling and all that stuff. It's a whole probably separate show. Uh, but once we get past all that, um, do you sense in, um, even though we have these terrible numbers in Wisconsin, that we get back to a, like the equilibrium of where things should be relative to that time, even, even if the economy's not like we all want it to be, but if it, we do see some of that V-shaped you know, recovery or, or that we're all looking for, you know, what, what's your sense of the next couple months? Do you see that starting to, to shake out uh, relative to the, what's, what, how you feel about things on the ground in Wisconsin? I think this ends up being a very close race in Wisconsin. I think President Trump's economic message of rebuilding America, putting America first, will do well um, as he's able to campaign against an opponent, right? So for a long time, it's just been, he's the president, there's this Joe Biden guy who out there who's gonna be the nominee, but he doesn't really have to answer for anything. And so everyone's blaming Trump in essence for problems that they see that are occurring out there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we're gonna get back to an equilibrium. This is gonna, this race is going to tighten in Wisconsin. It's going to be a, a probably, a, I think a very tough race for, for both sides. And, uh, but you know, Joe Biden is really undefined at this point in Wisconsin. And so I think that's part of the reason you see such a large gap in the head to head numbers is voters have an idea about who Joe Biden is. The Trump campaign needs to define who Joe Biden is. They need to define the race. And mm -hmm. I think if that's on economic issues and, and who is best served to rebuild the country after a pandemic and the economic turmoil that's taken place, well, that's Donald Trump. If now Biden's team is probably gonna try to frame it as who's best poised to heal the country or end racism or move, move us forward, that'd be Joe, that's what Joe Biden wants to frame this race as. But if it's right. on the economic, right side of the, the ledger, that's going to be a win for President Trump. Yeah. And, and back to your point about uh, Biden, you know, camping out in the basement, you know, that's a big win for their side at this point. Uh, I saw some polling, I forget the organization, but it was a majority of voters do feel that Biden's slipping. And I think that that's, you know, us conservatives, if we're watching, especially us folks that are really dialed into the political world. Uh, we've been watching this for a while. And if you're not on, you know, basically if you're not on Fox or some other places, you're not, you don't know much about Joe Biden slipping, but I was interested to see that that's actually, that's actually out there now, you know, people are getting the sense for that. And to your point, I couldn't agree more, you know, we get back to some semblance of normal and then we got to get into the debates and Biden's got to get out there. And, um, I think that that's where even if people are, are wherever they are with Trump, they get to a place like, hey, what's best for the country going forward? And, and it's, it's not so much is it, you know, looking specifically at Trump. It's more like Biden versus Trump. And if you think, wow, Biden's got some he's maybe slipping. You know, we've got this ad out about uh, his integrity, you know, back in 87 when he's just lying in front of cameras like crazy. And so uh, so, I, you know, as long as we get to that place. <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll be okay. I'm with you. It's going to be close, but I, I think we'll get to a we'll get to a better spot. So so we'll see. So let's uh, let's talk about Wisconsin specifically. So you mentioned, and this is interesting from your standpoint. You know, for the last decade or so, you've been on the ground cranking it out there. And uh, 
it's been pretty tumultuous in Wisconsin <laughs> during that time. So why don't you talk to that a little bit? How you feel like Wisconsin is different in that way? Uh, you know how it's going to impact things between now and the election. That that kind of stuff. We had a you know major Tea Party wave in 2010 that switched from far left control of the state and members of Congress to Ron Johnson being a U.S. senator, Scott Walker becoming governor at the time uh, of Wisconsin, and so what people viewed as a blue state that Obama had won by 14 points and then by seven points, uh, all of a sudden was a state that maybe was going to be um, contended for and, and ultimately President Trump was able to win in 2016. And so we've seen a lot of close elections. We've seen a re we saw a recall election in 2012. So there's a lot. Um, voters want in, in Wisconsin, they want to see someone who's authentic, someone who's going to fight for them, and someone who's not going to just be a crony who's going to be looking out for their friends and family, but is actually going to be looking out for all interests across the state. And so, uh, you know, Wisconsin, again, will, I, I think, be very close here in the fall, and we will see how uh, the the election plays out. But President Trump has to, to come here. He's here this week. I think Vice President Pence was here earlier in the week. If they are able to get here and deliver their message directly to the voters, have the rallies, get their base fired up, then they're going to be in a good position come November 3rd. Yeah. And so back to what you're talking about with, uh, you know, the sense on the ground in Wisconsin is, you know, speak to when you're at, when you guys are out there knocking on doors. I mean, what are some of the specific things you're hearing right now? And and even a step further, if folks are listening to this podcast in Wisconsin, you know, what would you tell them to, you know, this is what you need to be doing to make sure that Trump wins? Yeah, well, so the, the issues are going to be key, and it's hard to even predict where all this is, is going to be going, what the, the main issues will be. And I think this is one of the problems with Joe Biden with such a long record of time spent in Washington, really creating more problems than he's solved. There's almost too much material to work with. Right. And so the, the Trump campaign needs to figure out what are the best issues. They need to look around the corner and try the, to see into the future a little bit the best that they can. But what are going to be the best issues? To, to knock him on. And the best issues in Wisconsin may be different than they are elsewhere. I, I think the economy is going to be a big one. This is a state that's decimated unemployment because of the pandemic and everything that's happened. And so who is best to, to rebuild the economy and get people back to work, uh, I think is going to be an important thing. And, and so, I, you know, I look at Wisconsin from the standpoint of um, having Milwaukee and Madison as the two major urban centers, the center of democratic votes in the state. You've got the battleground area of the Fox Valley, which is really kind of includes Green Bay, I would say, Appleton um, and the cities in the, along Lake Winnebago. And then you've got the rural areas of northwest and southwest Wisconsin, what they call the Northwoods would be the northern area. And that's where Trump has overperformed where other traditional Republicans have have done in this state. And so the rural areas are where Trump, you know, you look at the numbers that you guys have in your poll, Trump's numbers in the rural areas are going to go up. Um, I was actually surprised um, specifically with how I, I guess I thought when when I saw the top line number for how much Trump was down that he would be doing worse in the suburbs. So I think he's actually doing better in the suburbs than than I would have expected with such a gap. Yeah, so I was surprised could, by that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, the defund these overreach of the left's policy proposal, um, which is just being rejected by um, a lot of people. They see the rioting. They see you know, getting rid of police, who am I going to call if, mm -hmm. if something happens in yeah. my community? And and so there's there's some some good opportunities in this state. And I, I'd say, you know, you kind of asked a little bit, too, about how is Wisconsin different? Well, the there is a more 
larger rural vote in Wisconsin than there is in, in Michigan and there is in Pennsylvania. And so that's one of the areas that, again, Trump doing these rallies in more rural areas and in more places where the base is going to be fired up and campaigning. You, know, you look back to 2016, Trump won this state with a favorable image of 35 percent in the mid 30s. So 60 percent viewed him unfavorably and he was still able to beat Hillary Clinton. That's because he was able to define Hillary Clinton as the crony insider and, and Trump as the, the outsider. And so you'll even see that Wisconsinites, they kind of want to say that they disagree with Trump on something, but they're still going to vote for him. Right. A, lot, a lot of them, and especially in the rural areas. They may not like the edge. A lot of them may not like the style. They mm-hmm. may not like the tweets. They'll criticize something he's done, but then they look at the results and they compare that to Joe Biden. And that's where I think a lot of people come home and, and even right now would vote for him if, if they are given the choice. Yeah, and I think that that is so telling. I mean, that's most of the conversations I have with people that, you know, complain about one thing or another about Trump. They always end up with, well, I don't know, it's pretty good results. I like what he does. You know, we're getting where we need to we need to get. And I think that that's that pragmatic way, especially in the Midwestern states too. obviously Wisconsin, that people just finally get to a place of saying, hey, you know, I, I can I can take. I want the good. I'll, I'll take a little bit of bad, but I, I get this good out of this, and, and he's our guy. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that that's where we're headed with this. We also had the the slide up too that had that uh, what you're talking about with the stronger support in the suburbs, um, and and that's going to be interesting playing out here as uh, as you're right that defund police overreach thing, and and you know him being the law and order candidate, I think is going to play really well because. That's just what people want, in addition to a good economy. So that's, you know, that, that is what we're looking for. So speaking of law and order, though, let's talk about uh, your governor and Madison. I was just, you know, they're uh, attacking the, uh, what was that, a, a, Democratic, a Democrat state rep or state senator. I just, I and then, you know, I'm always amazed at these so-called leaders that they just disappear. Yeah, I think across the country, you're kind of seeing a race to the bottom of who can be the worst governor in the country. And Tony Evers is um, really one of the top three. I'd say he's doing a lot to make the case for why um, he's one of the worst governors in, the, in this nation. And so, yeah, he's incompetent. He's revealing, I mean, all, all different sorts of things. Handling of coronavirus, his numbers have really tanked there, even though they started out strong. I think people realize that he overreached and he didn't have the, the constitutional authority to do what he tried to do. And so he keeps getting kind of stepping on um, what he's what he's been trying to do. And, and it's just really, truly a lack of leadership and letting things go because they think it's going to be a little bit awkward, a little bit tough um, between record, secretly recording phone calls with legislative leaders and not releasing who did that in his administration to the, the lack of leadership on the, the rioting and letting them, you know, decimate the capitals, tear down statues of literally union leaders who helped to liberate the slaves in this country. They're, they just toppled a statue, right? I mean, this is happening all over the country, but I think the lack of leadership from Tony Evers is very revealing. And, and we're seeing, I think, another polling, you know, that, that there was a bump for a lot of governors in the actions they took during the coronavirus pandemic. And now that support is cratering as more and more people realize that, that these were not the right actions, that they trampled on constitutional rights. And more and more people are fed up with government bureaucrats and elected officials coming in and telling them what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, with any leader, you get to see, you know, the crisis is not a great thing, but you get to see in the crisis who this person really is. 
And that's when you talk about this race to the bottom, these people are not leaders. They just want to be in that spot and, you know, win as much approval as possible and, and uh, try to win a ne the, the next election. So, yeah. Hey, I just wanted to cover, too, this last uh, slide here on the issue changes. You can see how things are, uh, you know, the civil unrest is factoring in there. Um, wh what do you see here? Anything else that you see in this? And I think that, um, you know, back to what your point was about if Trump's going to win, it's, it, a lot of it comes down to the economy and he's got to get his message out. Yeah, and I think the economy comes back as things stabilize. I think the numbers show that the coronavirus concerns are drastically going down. And so um, there's an opportunity there for a message that, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats and he is the candidate to put people back to work. I mean, there are a lot of people that lost jobs. There are a lot of people that had uh, a really bad economic situation. And you look at it, it's a lot of people, especially in urban areas, polling is showing that. And so... Those are some of the areas in suburban areas, certainly as well as these jobs come back. And as as we even look at where are we getting the supplies for our country? Where are we manufacturing? Right. Things? Right. And his message of self-sufficiency. Let's do these things here. Let's not be reliant upon other countries for some of these core products that we need. Um, I think those those are winning messages. Those are winning issues for him. And I think the law and order one is going to help him in the suburbs. Um, but I, you know, I, I guess I want to highlight too, Hillary Clinton did so bad in 2016 and did not turn out the city of Milwaukee in the numbers, and that's the reason why she lost. Joe Biden needs to turn out the city of Milwaukee, similar to how Barack Obama did. Hillary Clinton has the the path for losing the state; it shows the model of how to lose the state. And President Trump needs to limit, you know, the, basically the damage in the city of Milwaukee. And but he's got areas in your polling shows, a lot of room to grow in the rural areas, which I think will come back around the battleground areas of the Fox Valley. Always a battleground. I think he'll win there as well. And then he's got to make a case to the suburbanites. Right. That's where the law and order, I think, is a, a good message. Get putting people back to work is a good message. So those are some of the key areas to be watching going forward. Great. Great. Last thing. So people in Wisconsin want to get more involved with American majority. What, what should they do? Yeah. Go to our website. AmericanMajority.org. You can learn about what we're doing. Our, um, you know, we are on the ground. Our C4 is out talking to voters day in and day out, trying to turn out the vote, figure out what issues matter. We're doing, you know, talking right now about the the left's crazy idea of defunding the police and getting a great response to that. Um, and so that's an idea that people do not like, and so that that pushes them towards conservative candidates who actually want to have a real answer to the problems that we're facing, not just a simple let's defund something. So AmericanMajority.org and then our C4 is AmericanMajorityAction.org. We're on social media as well. You can follow us and interact and uh, we look forward to connecting with some more folks. Yeah, yeah, big time. Well, hey, thanks again, Matt, for all you're doing out there. And uh, thanks for your time today. We've got more polling coming up, so I'm sure we'll talk again, but uh, appreciate you being on today. Thanks, Doug. Take care. Thanks. All right, that's our show for today. So thanks so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Uh, don't forget that going forward, working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash firstright or text firstright to 1-312-820-9167.